welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Each week, our hosts will be interviewing local, regional, and national business leaders to give you an inside peek into how they lead their business to success in the ever-competitive business climate. Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Today, I have a very special guest. She is actually in Denver today while I'm up in Longmont. Fitz Kohler is among the most prominent and compelling fitness experts and race announcers in America with a master's degree in exercise in sports sciences and decades of experience teaching fitness worldwide. Fitz has helped countless people live better and longer by making fitness understandable, attainable, and of course, fun. She has spent decades building her brand and business Fitness and has earned global reach and financial freedom. Her mission to help others live better and longer never changes, but her tactics frequently do. Fitz, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Lance, from my beautiful hotel room, my Hyatt in Denver. Hey, I love the Hyatt. That's my favorite one to stay at, too. I was going to guess that looks like a Hyatt room for sure. Uh, yeah, I bet it does. Uh, before we get into what you do now and your ever-changing tactics and all of that, I always have to ask everybody, are you from a family of entrepreneurs? Are you the first? What what mm -hmm. drives your entrepreneurial spirit? You know, uh, my dad did own a collection agency, so he he was always a business owner. Uh, he, we didn't talk too much about his business as kids, but perhaps he made business uh, ownership seem possible. And to be honest with you, when I was I started teaching fitness at 14. And as I was trying to figure out what, how you, how do you turn this job, right? Cause teaching mm -hmm. fitness, it's normally a job. Um, how do I turn it into a full profession, a career, something where you could buy a house, pay it off, buy a car, pay it off, go on vacation. And when I looked around in the fitness industry, there was nothing that appealed to me. I didn't want to work in a gym. I didn't want to, uh, yeah. I mean, I, there was just nothing I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And so I just decided I would have to create a career. And the only way for me to have satisfaction professionally was going to be to incorporate and build my own business with my own rules, doing it the way I wanted to. Beautiful. I love that. I mean, you just had to create your own niche. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that's like part of the whole freedom of it, right? I mean, you, you are creating your reality. Interesting that you started at 14. So I have to ask a little bit further about that. Like, did you, I mean, were you in high school sports? Like, how could you start so early? Well, it, so I was always in sports, actually always quite mediocre at sports. I love to play. I love to be a part of a team, wear the uniform, get dirty. Mm -hmm. uh, my older siblings were elite athletes and that escaped me. Uh, but I blew out my knee playing soccer, had uh, ended up with physical therapy. And I thought, wow, this is kind of cool. I like this environment. I like helping people. And then my PT uh, like started working on my incision, which was gross. And I, I'm squeamish. I was like, I don't want to be a PT. That's nasty. <laughs> Yeah. And then when I finished physical therapy, he told my mom, get her in a gym and um, get her strength training or she's going to re-injure her knee. So my mom lied and she said I was 16 so I could join Spa Lady Gym in Fort Lauderdale. And so I started going and enjoying it. And then eventually, uh, I, and I had, I'm a worker bee. I always love earning. So, you know, for all the worker bees out there, high five. Mm -hmm. I, I love getting a paycheck. I love, I love business, right? So even back then, uh, I was working and I was working at a Cinnabon in the mall because that's where you work when you're a teenager. Sure. And, the, and the manager was nasty. And I finally just decided I don't want to work here anymore. I applied at the gym and that was a Tuesday. And the manager, he goes, have you ever taught fitness before? And I said, no, but I do your classes and I really enjoy them. He said, can you teach a class on Friday night? And thank God I'm a gamer because I just said, 
okay, sure, I'll do it. And it worked pretty well, pretty well. And uh, yeah, he hired me and the rest is history. Yeah, very cool. I love that. Uh, I love that your mom helped you get in there. It, it is what it is. I mean, that, that's a really cool story. Uh, so on, on the note of stories, tell us about your comeback from cancer. I mean, that's a big deal. Um, you know, you're looking down the barrel of a gun. It's like, here you are, you came back, you ran a marathon. I, I would love to hear about that. Yeah. So, you know, interesting. I'm the girl who walks the walk. I don't just talk about fitness. I live the lifestyle. I'm a vegetarian. I don't do drugs. I almost never drink, yada, yada, yada. And uh, February 2019, seven weeks after a crystal clear mammogram, I got out of the shower and I went like this and I found a lump and mm. knew what it was. And my phone was right on the counter in the bathroom. So I picked it up and I made that phone call instantly, which I encourage others to do. And within about a week or so, I had all the um, appointments and scans and biopsies and a doctor called and said, you have cancer. So it was a very aggressive, fast growing cancer. I had, again, it was seven weeks after a clean mammogram, sizey tumor. My, it would already spread to my lymph nodes, mm. multiple lymph nodes. And I definitely thought I was dying just because it was going so fast. And, you know, I also thought, well, I, I have the perfect life to me. You know, I have this perfect career and this perfect family. I'm, I'm the beacon of health and happiness. I will definitely make the perfect tale of tragedy. I thought for sure I was going to be a lifetime special one day or they're like that that fitness pro that went down in flames. Um, mm. Thankfully, my oncologist was able to convince me early on. He said, listen, uh, you have to endure the cure, but we have a cure for you. We, we are, we will cure you. So I was very grateful for that. And so then I had to make decisions and uh, I chose to use perspective. You know, I wasn't a kid with cancer, wasn't my kid. And with that, I decided, you know, be grateful, suck it up. And put on your big girl panties, figure it out, which I did. Now I cried every day. It was a very stressful, scary, um, difficult experience. However, I, I never had pity for myself. That was a big, big one. I chose to pursue my passions. I de decided before I had, they, they put one drop of chemo in me, um, which I had for 15 months. I had 15 months of chemo, 33 rounds of radiation, surgery. I, I call it the treatment triathlon. <clears throat> I decided I wasn't going to let cancer steal time with my kids. So if they had a sports ceremony, a, a, a show, I was going to be there. And then my career. So I announced some of the largest, most iconic running events on earth, mm -hmm. uh, about uh, 36 every year. And that's a Los Angeles marathon, Buffalo marathon, Big Sur marathon, monster events that make me so happy. They bring me so much joy. They're my career. That's how I earn my income. And I knew that if I missed them, I would just be sad and I would cry. So I decided I was not going to let cancer steal my career. So what happened after that was, I mean, just so the wildest ride ever because I, I ended up violently ill. I was, mm. imagine living with food poisoning mm. every day for 15 months. I was exploding. I was so sick and everything went wrong with me. My fingernails ripped off. My oh, eyes gosh. changed colors. I was, I was bald, the whole thing. But I just decided, okay, I'm going to do this. And I got, I never missed a second of work. I never missed a second at a finish line on a stage. I never missed a, a moment when my kids were doing something fabulous. Was I hospitalized? I was once for one day. Did, did I deteriorate? I sure as hell did. But, you know, this is the power of your mind, um, you know, where if I would have taken a year and a half off for treatment, nobody would have blamed me. I would have blamed me. You know, I've, 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 I've spent decades building my brand and my business. Fitness would have completely fizzled out if I had just disappeared for a year and a half. 
Instead, you know, I pushed forward and my business tripled in the time wow. I was sick. And, uh, and, and really the great gift was no matter how sick I was, even if I slept on those hotel bathroom floors, cause it was so bad mm-hmm. Four thirty, five o'clock in the morning, my alarm would go off. I drag myself off the floor. I'd get dressed. I head over to this, my stage at the start line. And then absolutely everything disappeared. All the bad stuff. I stepped on those stages and I wasn't sick. I wasn't suffering. I wasn't tired. None of those things were issues. It was me focusing on these thousands of wonderful people and these incredible events. And it was miraculous. It really was magic. And so, you know, besides uh, the perspective and, uh, you know, that passions, everybody should have it. Whether you love to paint or you love to punch numbers as an accountant or you love to uh, be with animals, when when stuff hits the fan, lean into those things. Don't say, well, I'm not going to watch football because, or I'm not going to play football, throw the damn ball. Mm -hmm. Even if you've broken every bone in your body, find a way to, you know, do something with a football. That's what you really love because it will heal you. Yeah. Talk about, thanks for sharing that. Um, Tell us about, so, you know, you, you, you started teaching um, at at 14, technically um, go after going into that, then how, what is the lead up to starting fitness? How did you become a fitness expert? How does that all fit in? Yeah. So I, my, my fitness instructing evolved. I I worked at that women's gym for a few years till I graduated high school, went to university of Florida, applied to teach at the student rec centers, which were a big deal. And they instantly said, yes. Um, I spent a summer after my sophomore year working on a cruise chef in Europe which was very interesting and teaching fitness. Mm-hmm. And then when I came home from those places, I'd never even fathomed going Norway, Russia, Estonia. I'd never even heard of Estonia. Um, when I got back to UF after teaching, there was a TV producer casting for a fitness show and I auditioned and he hired me. And, you know, I learned two big things when I started working in television. Number one, my skills were transferable. So besides just teaching in front of a live audience, I could teach to the camera. Mm-hmm. And then number two, strangers started approaching me and, uh, and really meaningful to me is a stranger coming up and saying, are you fit? I am. I love your show. I work out with you every day. I've lost 17 pounds. Wow. And so, you know, I knew I was helping those people that were showing up in my classes at UF. But the idea that this, you know, it it was a morbidly obese waitress at a barbecue joint I was eating at yeah. who told me she lost 17 pounds. And I was, I was just blown back. I thought, gosh, I got to help someone who's not my social circle. You know, there was, there was no way I would have met this woman to help her, but then I got to help her. So I, you know, I, my attention turned towards mass media. A few years later, I wrote an article. I, I was a competitive kickboxer for 10 years. And um, people used to write a whole bunch of articles on me. And finally, I, I got the courage. I was afraid to ask. I, I really wanted to write the articles because they kept butchering the information. Yeah. And I, but I was afraid to ask the editor, can I write? And um, that came out of a particularly brutal training session. And I just had that aha moment. I, I bought a magazine my with me in it, four page color spread. And they misspelled my name and they made up quotes. It was infuriating. And I thought, oh, I wish I could write the article. This is terrible. And then I thought, you know what, dummy, you walk into a ring surrounded by thousands of people with someone who wants to knock you unconscious and you're afraid to ask for the opportunity. So that was a big aha moment. So I recall this editor, I think it was Black Belt Magazine. And I said, hey, Bob, it's Fitz. Hey, Fitz, how's it going? I said, 
great. I, uh, I have a question for you. He said, okay. I said, I would really like to write an article for you guys. He goes, oh yeah, that would be great. And he goes, how much do you need for it? And I thought, oh. he said, yes. And he's going to give me money. And so, you know, after that point in business, boy, I learned to be fearless because if it does not include bleeding or broken bones, I'm not afraid, you know, I'm okay with rejection. I'm okay with someone not wanting to work with me, but yeah, I, uh, I, so I write the article and it was called how to kick people in the head. And it talked about strategy, flexibility, and the strength to lift your life. And a few weeks after it was published, I got a handwritten letter in the mail from some guy in Kentucky. And he said, Fitz, I just want to thank you. I've been doing combat sports and martial arts for 10 years. And thanks to your article, I finally kicked someone in the head. And I thought, oh, the angels sang. <laughs> I felt like I kicked that guy in the That's head, hilarious. right? Yeah. So uh, mass media, I knew that was that was the thing that I craved because it was mass audience. I could help more people. And uh, yeah, that was it. So I, my entire business fitness was built. I had an, a, a friend who was an attorney who said, you need to incorporate mm -hmm. um, or you're going to get, if you get sued, they're going to sue you. You need mm -hmm. to have a shelter. So fitness was born. I obviously have a fitness expert named Fitz. So fitness is my brand and I trademarked it right away, which I'm very, very grateful. I did that. Um, yeah, but so I've been building it, but I got completely out of working in gyms and personal training decades ago. All I do is, is work on a microphone or, you know, I write the books, I do a lot of keynotes and I, I just want, I want every effort I make to reach a huge amount of people. So that's fitness. Well, let's talk about that, the huge amount of people. So, you know, obesity in America has become a giant problem. Um, the latest statistic that I have seen is that 70, 73% of Americans are listed as overweight. Um, yeah. it's, it's sort of, it's sort of weird because like, then you look at the BMI, like I'm almost on the verge, but technically, no, I'm not. Like I just said, I just cranked out 60 pushups in a row. Like I, I take fitness seriously. Uh, but what do you think is the root cause of this? And then how, how, how are folks like yourself who are at the forefront of, I think, solving this crisis? Like, like, where do we go from here? Because it seems like it is not heading in the right direction. Okay, so that's a lot to unpack, but I'll start by saying, yeah, the majority of people, if I say I'm speaking to an audience of a thousand, if I could say who out there would like to lose between one and 1,000 pounds, almost every hand goes up, right? Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. even if it's just a little bit, you're fine tuning, most people would like to lose a couple. And for those who are happy with their weight, good for you, as long as it's a healthy weight. Uh, the problem, I, I think, uh, I mean, parents aren't teaching healthy habits, but I'm going to turn my ire towards the shady part, part of the fitness and nutrition industry. And I don't really even keep, consider them fitness and nutrition people. They're lying scumbags who mm. want to take, take advantage of people. You know, this whole weight loss product, diets, pills, weight loss, shakes, it's all garbage, 100% of it. If it's a food product or nutrition that has the word weight loss or diet on it, they're lying to you. There is no product you put in your mouth that, that uh, inspires weight loss. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of snake oil, there's a lot of lies and people are easily manipulated because it's something they want so desperately. And so this is why I'm such a great, I'm a very uh, eager opponent of them because it's not okay. You know, I so desperately love people. You know, mm -hmm. when I say I want to help people live better and longer, I mean it so, so deeply. And I was overweight. I know what it's like to be hmm uncomfortable in your skin. And then from when, you know, with cancer, I know what it's like to be weak or mm -hmm. tired and, and not feel good. And those are really reasonable things to want. So 
you know, shame on those liars, but also buyer beware, folks. If you hear the words coming out of my mouth, you should never fall for a diet, egg, no diet, period, no diet, not yeah. keto, not whatever. None of them are reasonable. So what you need to do is learn to eat the right amount of the right food for the size you want to be. There's a simple formula. It's um, on average, humans burn about, or burn about 10 calories per pound of body weight per day. So let's say you weigh, for round numbers, you weigh 100 pounds times 10 you're burning about a thousand calories every day. Just, just going about your business, brushing your teeth, um, walking around the office, digesting food, pumping blood, excuse me. We're constantly burning calories. So if we weigh a hundred and we're burning 1000 calories a day, if we would like to stay 100 pounds, well, then we eat 1000 calories, right? Yeah. We want to even out. If you are gaining weight, we know you're eating a lot more than a thousand excuse me, I get a tickle. So, you know, the exact formula for weight loss. And if you go to my website, fitness, it's F-I-T-Z-N-E-S-S.com, but there's an article on the top or a box. It's free and it's called the exact formula for weight loss. But virtually what you learn is to take your goal weight. So think about that. I want to weigh 173 or 255, whatever it is. You take that number, you put a zero on the end. That's your goal weight that, mm -hmm. or that's your caloric budget. Yeah. So if you want to weigh 150 pounds, you eat 1500 calories per day. That's the amount of calories it takes to sustain for a person of that size. Eventually your body will eventually shrink down. So that's, that's the nuts and bolts on weight management. It's calories in versus calories out. Here's health. You know, you could lose weight eating 1500 calories and don donuts every day. Yeah. I'm hoping you can edit this out. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I think it's wonderful that there's no noise when, when, when you cough. <laughs> You're so good, sorry. Fitz. It's okay. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I've got this tickle. So, um, but so you can lose weight eating garbage. However, that's not good for you, right? Mm -hmm. So what I always recommend is 80 to 90% of your intake should be nutritious. You know, it's, it's kindergarten stuff, fruits and vegetables and seeds and lean proteins and beans and whole grains. And if you do that, if you do that, you've got wiggle room, 10 to 20% of your calories. If they're not so perfect for you, okay. Uh, okay, sorry. I was just writing some notes while you were talking there about that. I'd love, so there's three things that I think of. And uh, I think two of them are propaganda and and not not from you, but from outside okay. sources. So I'm not, I'm not, by any means, I would never <laughs> do that to you. So like one of them, I think is like, I, I would just love to hear your take on it is, uh, you know, you're seeing sort of this um, people like Joe Rogan, right? Where they're, they're flat out saying, you know, look, the food pyramid should have been inverted. If anything, you know, this idea that uh, the lobbyist groups came in and said like, oh, the whole base should be, should be a bunch right. of carbs. Yeah. Uh, I would love your take on that. Like, is that, are they, who's really telling the truth with that? Second one would be seed oils. It's all in the news. I mean, it's sort of on the dark web. People are going like, wait a minute, this this idea that we are taking seeds and concentrating them, it's just as bad as when we took uh, sugar and then we <clears throat> highly refined it, right? So like sugar in an orange versus that. Um, and then the third one is these these sports companies um, yeah. and, and all of these magazines coming out and saying like, and literally putting obese people on the covers and mm -hmm. saying it's okay to be this way. Mm -hmm. um, I would just love your thoughts on those. And I realize it's also a lot to unpack. Okay. All right. So for starters, eating shouldn't be that complicated. Uh, when people tell you, you need to count macros and you need to get these seed oils. I don't buy seed oils. I buy seeds. 
so all of these products you probably don't need. And mm -hmm. what I find is people are taking advice from, I'm going to call them no nothings, even if they have a hot body, you know, are you taking advice from a credentialed professional? Yeah. You know, there's, there was some neighbor of mine many years ago. I think he, he sold phone cards. Like, you, you know, how you get a phone and you get this card yeah. and you, yeah. you dial out or whatever. That was his big profession. And he was obese. And so he showed up at my house trying to get me to sell his weight loss products. I thought, what? And I asked him, I said, what credentials do you have in the yeah. fitness space? Oh, well, I don't, but you know, these things really work. Okay. Well, you haven't lost any weight. <laughs> You've been the same obese guy for the past three years. And I'm, I'm very comfortable having an honest discussion saying, you're obese. You're still obese. How are they working for you? Well, it's not about that. No, it is about that. Yeah. So you know, when someone comes at you and says, you should buy this from me, all right? Or you should take my advice. Really, even if they have a hot body, where did they go to school? What is their, my, my, my master's degree is exercise and sports sciences. So mm -hmm. I lay that out on the table. I can talk nutrition. I do not consult with people. I do not do private nutrition consulting. I don't tell people, this is what you should eat. When I talk about nutrition, it's in the most simple, uh, provable forms, right? We know that you know, when you eat a variety of colors from the produce department, you're getting more nutrition, you're building your immune system. Those foods are very low in calories, very dense with fiber, dense with nutrition. And you can eat a heck of a lot of them without paying a price. Um, so I'm trying to go through your questions. I'm so sorry. Um, That's okay. So how about this? Maybe I think you've addressed sort of the food pyramid one. It sounds like it's basically, I think the word you use is like a, a product. So in other words, process. Like I think we need to get rid of the process idea, right? Yeah. And here's the other thing too, is uh, when, when we're talking about um, produce, it's maybe 10 servings a day. Mm -hmm. Some servings of, of produce are 20 calories, like a zucchini, small mm -hmm. zucchini is 20 calories. So if you have your 10 servings of produce, uh, let's be generous and see, you might get 400 calories. Okay. Well, the rest of us, even a small person like me, I have 800 more calories to deal with. So you're going to have some protein, right? Um, I'm a vegetarian. I'm not eating meat, but I'm eating beans and nuts and so forth. But I eat a lot of potatoes. Like I'm a potato girl. I'm Irish <laughs> and potatoes are packed with nutrition. So perhaps the lower end of the pyramid doesn't mean that you should have 20 servings of starchy carbs. Perhaps what they're saying is you're likely to get more calories. You know, they're, they're probably going to have more value throughout your day. Um, if you have a sweet potato and a baked potato, you're probably going to get 200 calories at least right there versus a squash and a zucchini and an onion. That's three servings for 50 calories. So that, that may be where the food pyramid is going, not, you know, volume of food, but caloric uh, caloric value. So that that's where I think um, Joe may be misconstruing it, but but people aren't perceiving it the right way. So we should have those conversations. It's a great question. And then the other th topic you brought about on the uh, promotion yeah. of obesity as health. And so- Bad acceptance. I mean, honestly, let's just call it a breast. That's what, that's the word. That's the phrase. Yeah. And so here's- uh, I love everybody. I truly, I care about everybody. I don't care what you look like. I don't care who you sleep with. Your size, the way you look is none of my business. So people come to me for advice and they're like, I want to, if they want, if they tell me when they want to eat their or achieve their ideal weight. I'm like gangbusters. Let's go. If they say I want to look hot in a bikini, I'm like, well, all right, that's not my problem. I can help you get to your weight loss goals. But um, 
it's my daughter. I have a teenager. Well, gosh, she just turned 20, but she has a, a famous singer she likes who's morbidly obese, dances, beautiful woman, very pretty, very talented. Uh, but my daughter's like, she's so great and she's beautiful at her size. Okay, well, beauty is different than healthy. And the reality is, is no matter how beautiful you are and how great your skin is and your makeup and your style, your joints are suffering. If you are mm -hmm. walking around with an extra 50 to 200 pounds on your back, there's no way we could call you healthy. Right. If you're obese, your joints cannot bear the weight. Eventually you will pay consequences. The discs between your vertebrae. It's like walking around with a 50 pound backpack all day. We know what that's like. I mean, you've, mm -hmm. you've run through a theme park with a backpack or just travels, you know, air, at an airport, your back hurts when you carry extra. I can't imagine lugging around an extra 50 to hundred pounds. So it's not okay. It's not okay on your joints. It's not okay on the discs. It's not okay on your heart and your lungs. And no matter how wonderful you are and thoughtful and generous and kind, I'm not going to call you a healthy if you're obese. Can you be active and obese? Absolutely. I know. I mean, I, I support tons of people who are obese and they, they exercise, they run marathons, they do incredible feats physically, but their bodies are still paying a horrific price for their uh, obesity. So it's, it's not okay. Um, and it's not okay only because I, I love them and I want better for them. Smoking is not okay. Obesity is not okay. Alcohol overuse is not okay. And uh, yeah, to celebrate larger sizes, not okay. If we can celebrate that larger size, people are getting active. I'm okay with that. There's, is that, does that make sense? Is that it, a fair assessment? 100%, 100%. I think it's pretty objective. Yeah. 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 yeah everything you said. Uh, let's go back to the books. I, I just want to make sure we, we we touch over them. So this this is a show for for entrepreneurs, business owners like yourself. Um, but like it, it's so important to, because of the things you mentioned earlier, just happiness, um, your energy level is going to be better. You're going to have a hopefully set yourself up for a long life and thus a long business. So so why so that's why I think it's important to have you somebody like you on the show today, Fitz. T tell the business owners listening to this show why they should consider reading your books. Well, uh, for starters, you, <laughs> your health matters to your profession. And again, we talked about energy and vibrancy and so forth. But when people look at you, do they think, hot damn, she's a go-getter. I want her on my team. You know, first impressions are set in seven seconds. So someone across the room staring at you doesn't get to know your credentials. They don't get to hear how eloquent you are, how... Uh, how insightful you are. They just look at you and they think, yep, no. And maybe sometimes you get a maybe, right? So your posture, do you stand up tall? Do you project strength and energy? That's, that's who gets the job, right? It's not only the person mm -hmm. who gets the job, it's a person who gets the promotion. And would we maybe take someone with lesser credentials that shows up like a dynamo ready to go? I think so. So um, your health matters to your professions. Now, the books I have right now, I have a memoir, My Noisy Cancer Comeback, Running at the Mouth While Running for My Life. That's a, uh, it's it's a wild ride story of the collision of cancer care and race announcing, traveling, keynote speaking. So I think that's a fun story anyone can enjoy, but I focus a lot on uh, mental fortitude. And those are the things that anyone can take with them. The power of perspective, positivity, passions, remembering you can do hard things. I mean, when I care, compare my time in a kickboxing ring to these business 
tribul trials. I go, oh, the business stuff is not so bad. I'm going to, I'm going to forge forward. So that's num book number one. The next books in the cancer comeback series, this one is probably the most important. It's called your healthy cancer comeback, sick to strong. Now, Lance, I got to say, I hope 0% of your listeners have cancer, right? Yeah. I hope nobody out there is in this book, in this boat right now. Sadly, many of you will be at some point, but even uh, more relevant is that everybody loves a cancer patient, right? Everybody loves a cancer patient. This book is the blueprint. So A, to stop the decline or slow the decline. Uh, cancer is difficult. Cancer care is <clears throat> monstrous. And, you know, if you are, if you know your muscles are going to atrophy, would you rather start off like Dwayne the Rock Johnson or Mick Jagger? Mm -hmm. Right. Because so can you put yourself in a stronger place? Mm -hmm before things really kick in. So, you know, right when you find out you might have cancer, there's there's guidance on how to do your best with exercise between now and when treatment starts. This is how you keep exercising. This is how you utilize nutrition and quality rest when your treatment begins for chemo, for radiation, for surgeries. These are the nuts and bolts. Um, there's a huge chapter for exercise, which I'm really proud of. So it's there's tons of photos and many of them start off with regular stuff standing, mm -hmm. but you know, when you get sick, things start going uh, south. Sometimes you can't stand. So here's dozens of exercises you can do in a chair. And then if you're too sick to get out of bed, here are things you can do to wow. preserve mobility and strength in bed. And then, uh, you know, if you're like me, especially if you're sick all the time, when I was a sick person, I probably had to get in the shower three, four times a day. That was my time to stretch. And so here's a whole bunch of soggy stretches. Sorry. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, it's, 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 uh, practical, usable guidance to actually help cancer patients preserve their mobility, their balance. Their, I mean, balance is so important mm -hmm. because if, without it, you're likely to fall and all of these drugs and all of these treatments just, they take from you, they take, take, take. So this is how you preserve. And then you know, when I hit rock bottom, which eventually did happen, I was uh, skeletally thin and oh, dreadfully weak and I looked at myself thinking, holy cow, how did this happen? But I knew exactly how to build myself up. I know I was like, okay, well, this is how I'm going to fix this, right? I knew exactly how to design my workouts and my nutrition to get back to not only fit, but highly athletic. I ran the Boston Marathon a little over a year after finishing chemo. Yay me. However, at the same time, when I was down low and I knew how to dig my way out, all I could think was, oh my gosh, for all those, all of my peers, my cancer patients and survivor peers who have hit rock bottom and they don't know how to dig their way out of that hole. It's a nightmare. I mean, it's cancer is so tough. And, and I know everybody believes that, right? We've seen it. We've, mm -hmm. we've seen it at the worst. We've all lost someone. So this is the solution. This is, and there's nothing like it on the market. And uh, so again, I hope none of your listeners have cancer. If you do, you're going to want this. But uh, what I found with my noisy cancer comeback is Everybody wants to do something for the person they love. And so <clears throat> the great majority of noisy books have been purchased by, oh my gosh, my dad has brain cancer. Can you get him your book? My sister has colon cancer. Can you get her your book? So they're gifts. And this is, you know, when you think, gee whiz, I want to help, this is how you do it. So it's this. And soon out will be the Healthy Cancer Comeback Journal, which is film filled with uh, really useful prompts on, can on your diagnosis, your medical team, your scans and so forth. But then we get into your, a, it's a cathartic place to put your fears. There's prompts about your faith and then prompts about fun. Cause 
believe it or not, cancer can be hilarious. It depends how you approach it. And I think, I think it's important to have a great attitude and look at the bright side, no matter what. Um, But there's prompts asking, you know, have you nicknamed your tumor? Have you nicknamed your port? What celebrities do you look like bald? Uh, the uh, probably the best one I got on a regular basis was you look like crazy Britney Spears. And I would say, huh, thanks. So thanks. Yeah, <laughs> sure. You know, well, uh, I've got a bunch of interesting comparisons, but yeah, these books are useful tools that hopefully will help millions of cancer patients rebound and recover in a hurry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're running up on the half hour here, and I've got three questions, three last questions for you. When we first started this this show, before we uh, went on air, you said we could talk about anything. So I have mm-hmm. a I have a let's talk about anything kind of question for you. As a woman athlete, what is your opinion of the infiltration of women's sports by people like Leah Thomas? I want everybody to have a chance to participate in sport. I would like an open division, um, so anybody who doesn't actually qualify in the women category. And again, I'm happy to call someone her and I'm happy to be a friend and support, but I don't like seeing um, athletic women being taken from because men are, you know, proven. Physiologically different. Yeah, they're faster, they're stronger, they jump higher. That is proven time and time again. So it breaks my heart to see these women that have worked so hard to achieve greatness and, um, you know, face a superior being and, mm-hmm. and and I'm okay as a woman. I'm okay at acknowledging that you know men are. I love men. I love men. And I and I and I can say I love trans people. Yay for everybody. But I do think an open division would be better. And to be honest with you, I'm a middle. I'm a middle of the pack runner. Mm-hmm. I will never win anything. If there was an open division, I would be happy to participate in it. Just so those who are forced into the open division don't feel like it's a group of weird people. I I would sure. say let let's get in there. And be supportive of of this group together. But yeah, I don't like seeing, um, I, I don't like seeing that. I want Leah to have a place to compete, but I'm not sure it's the right place. It's against biological women. Yeah. Uh, knowing what you know now, and if you could go back in time when you first started your business, what is one piece of advice you'd give your former self? Uh, don't be such a chicken. Don't be such a chicken. That I, I wish I, <laughs> I would have gotten more comfortable asking for opportunities, asking for money, negotiating. Uh, those are things that now I enjoy. I kind of look forward to. Yay, business, right? Uh, but I was a chicken and I shouldn't have been. So Fitz Kohler of the past, step it up. I love that. I love that so much. Fitz, this has been fantastic. Last one is where can people find and follow you if they want to learn more about you and what you do and your wonderful books? Well, thank you so much. So my home base for everything is fitness.com. Again, it's F-I-T-Z is in zebra, N-E-S-S. It's just fitness with that Z in the middle, dot com. Tons of free resources. So if you'd like to lose weight, get in shape, there's free videos, free recipes, free articles. The exact formula for weight loss is right on the cover. I implore anyone who wants to lose between one and 1,000 pounds to read that. My books are on sale at fitness.com. They're also on sale worldwide at all major retailers. But if you come to me, um, I sign 100% of the books mm. that leave my office. They all come with a fun little gift because I, I like to take care of people and we're talking about cancer and they all come beautifully wrapped in really fun packaging just because why not? I love making my readers feel special and I'm always very grateful when someone invests in a product I've created to um, enhance their health. So fitness.com, I'm also at fitness and all social channels. And this is what I, I request is that um, if you follow me, I promise to provide quality content in return, but really what I'd much prefer is that you say, Fitz, I heard you on Inside the Firm, 
and I'd like to connect because I would much rather have friends than followers. So mm -hmm. if you follow, say hi. Beautiful. Fitz, thanks so much for your time today. We wish you nothing but the best, full success in the future. And uh, we, uh, we hope we, we thank you for your time. Thanks, Lance. Bye, guys.